My name is Clarence Rick Napier, CEO at 321BizDev LLC, a consulting firm based in Sacramento County, California. 321BizDev is a sales systems and business development company supporting attorneys, CPAs, corporate dental franchisers, independent dentists, home health providers, home builders, medical groups, plastic surgeons, insurance brokers, and real estate brokers. I can be reached toll-free at 833-321-3212 or 726-999-0999. Our website is 321bizdev.com. Today's 321biz development podcast guest is Carla Sasser, CPA, and her website is Virtual CFO Now. Carla's professional services merge the best of accounting operations management and information technology. Hello, Carla. How are you doing this morning? Hi, Rick. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And uh, I know you're having some pretty good weather in your area. So uh, we'll see if we can complete this podcast episode. Okay. (laughs) So today is uh, podcast number three. Today is podcast episode number three of five. And today, Carla, I want to ask you some questions about uh, evaluating project plans for internal control. Now, for some listeners, they may not even know what I'm talking about. So um, what I would like to do is ask you about maybe five or six questions today about internal control. So for our listeners who are you know, looking for our listeners who's for our listeners who <laughs> here we go. <laughs> For our listeners, for our listeners today, what is accounting internal control? An accounting internal control, you know, I got to tell you, this is one of my favorite topics. Um, So let's step back. Let's talk about internal controls in general, and they can be operational. Um, They can be human resources. They can be accounting and an internal control is any process policy procedure that mitigates any risk that the company has identified that will keep them from achieving their operational financial reporting objectives interesting interesting so i can tell that sounds like a a topic that you could talk about for hours. I could. Wow. Because I I would tell you that. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Um, And it's also a topic that many business owners, they find extremely boring (laughs) and don't really understand the relevance to them and their operations. Now, would you say, um, Let's just say, let's use the words that, or the word you just used. Uh, you just used the word boring, and I can relate yeah. to that. <laughs> I can relate to that topic or that word because what sometimes what is typically boring is where your drama uh-huh. is, where the money pit is. In other words, something that you're yeah. not you're not focusing on, or it just seems like oh, I don't want to even talk about that. That right. is where often the money pit is, where all the the, the companies. Um, finances and, and over expenditures are going down this money pit. Right. 
Yep. Wow. Now, as far as accounting goes, an accounting internal control, um, the best ones actually make sure that every transaction that flows through your accounting system is authorized and valid. Hmm. That makes sense. I can see where this is going. So here's my next question. Why does uh -huh. an existing internal control plan need to be evaluated? It always needs to be evaluated from a risk perspective, um, because as you're as you're going through your company's life cycle, your risks are going to change, um, and you want to make sure that you have fully identified all of the risks that could potentially keep you from achieving your objectives. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things are popping up in my mind because I used to have a, um, a working relationship with the CFO at the corporation when I used to work in Los Angeles. And uh, so I can see or I can I can recall several conversations about internal controls and one okay. that I'll talk about one that I can talk about. And I'm not I'm not a CPA, nor do I profess to have a, a strong accounting background. I had two semesters uh -huh. in college. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but, so you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you this: there were there was a there was an accountant in the corporation that had a um, two million dollar check sitting in the in basket in basket for three weeks, and it wasn't deposited. Wow! And this okay. is back when interest rates were like eight percent you know okay. checking you know, checking checking account interest rates or bank savings bank interest rates were you know five six seven eight percent and so yeah. i can think of of an internal control that would say if a check comes in written in the name of written to the corporation that this check must be deposited within a certain number of days or maybe even hours <laughs> That would be a perfect example of an internal control. Wow, because I believe the company probably lost thousands of dollars in interest because that check was sitting in someone's in, bas in basket and they knew the check yep. was there. They just never got around to depositing the check. Wow. What was the nature of the check? Was it to settle an account receivable or was it? Yeah, a, it was it was a yeah, uh, incoming account account receivable. Okay, so did it get applied to the customer's account in a timely manner? I don't even know. All I know is that that accountant um, was walked out of the, the, the building. Oh boy. When it, <laughs> when it was discovered. Well, you know, I, I would have to further ask, um, was the, did the accountant know that it was required that the check be deposited within a certain amount of time? Yeah, this was a this was a um, a seasoned accountant. This was this was this was not a newbie. Well, and, no, no, uh, no, no, and no, no, don't 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 think of it in terms of that. But did management properly communicate to the accounting staff that checks must be deposited within a certain amount of time, or had it been a management practice to allow checks just to sit undeposited, no matter hmm. what amount? 
Yeah, I was. I, I would say that it was probably probably a policy for the check to be deposited, knowing this okay. uh, accounting uh, a CFO, this accounting manager. Uh -huh. uh, but it, but it was just it, the news just broke throughout the entire corporation that that John Doe <laughs> was yeah. no longer with the company. <laughs> and, okay. Uh, and it, yeah. So I, that, that's what that's what comes to my mind, Carla. When it comes uh -huh. to an internal accounting control, and I can probably think of others too. So uh -huh. here's my next question. Now, okay. I just probably gave a great example of an impact, but yes, what are some did. other impacts of having no internal, having not having an internal control plan or uh, a weak internal control plan? Well, from your financial perspective, um you could have fraudulent activity going on and and not detect it until you've suffered a significant amount of losses. Mm -hmm. For example, maybe your bookkeeper is writing checks to herself or depositing your checks into her bank account. And believe me, I've seen that happen. Mm. Um, yeah, there was an in incident where the bookkeeper was depositing checks made out to the company to her personal account. Hmm. And the and you would think the bank would have red flagged that right away, but it was six months that that was going on. Interesting. So if you're so if you're proper to, properly monitoring your accounts receivable and your bank accounts are being reconciled and you're looking at cash activity on a daily basis, then you're going to detect that pretty quick. Wow. Rather than letting it go for six months. Now, uh, is this a big company problem or medium sized company problem or th could this be a small business owner a, a problem? It is. It is systemic across any size organization. I think the smaller companies are more at risk because one of the best, best, best internal controls you can have is segregation of duties. Mm -hmm. That would be like your admin assistant receives the check and stamps them for deposit only. Mm -hmm. Your accounts receivable person will post those checks to the customer account and maybe your accounting manager prepares the deposit. Got it. See, that, that's a segregation of duty. And each one of those elements of the transaction, the authorization, the posting, the validation, are being handled by different people. Mm -hmm. So that makes it harder for somebody to steal checks to maybe post one customer's check against another customer's account or to maybe deposit those checks into their personal account. So if you're going through that separation of duty you have a pretty good internal control design system and bigger companies have the resources to do that smaller companies don't yeah that makes sense and i and i can you know i can recall 
you know, probably probably recent news articles about the subject of internal audit control or internal uh-huh. control plans. So here's my uh, last question on this subject, on this uh, episode today. Please highlight the components of a good internal control design. I think you just you just mentioned uh, segregation of duties. Are there any right. other type one. of designs that uh, companies could begin to look at to have a good internal control plan? Yeah, they can implement documented policies and procedures, like say all checks will de- be deposited no later than 24 hours after receipt, or bank accounts and all balance sheet accounts are reconciled on a monthly basis and those reconciliations are reviewed by management. So those those are some elements. Um, like a, for accounts payable, are you using purchase orders? Are those purchase orders approved by management before they are actually, before the goods and services are actually procured? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a bidding process in place? Are you that type of organization where maybe you want to get three con- three competitive bids before you actually make a purchasing decision? And then we talked yesterday about our last podcast about vendor risk assessments. That would be another another example of a good internal control. So. But the key here is to look at the risks to you to look at the risks out there that are preventing you from achieving your company's goals. And for each one of those significant risks, you want to make sure you have controls in place to mitigate those risks. So here's a like a side question that I just thought about. Based on your experience and what you've seen in the industry, on a scale mm-hmm. of let's say one to ten, where one where one is where the companies have little to no controls, and ten being companies have great internal control plans, where do most companies fit based on what you've seen? Probably a three. Wow. They they usually have pretty good and. In- Pretty good controls over their accounting processes, such as bank accounts being reconciled um, on a monthly basis, uh, payroll being posted timely. But when it comes to other operational type matters that could actually flow through the financial statements, um, uh, that, that's where a lot of them are lacking because, I mean, it, it takes resources, it takes some significance planning and follow-up by management um but once you have them in place you're done you just monitor and then you're good to go but taking the time to do that initial implementation and unless unless a company has a big stick over them they usually let that fall to the wayside over you know generating revenue and that sort of thing Hmm. So one, so so one thing I just thought about, so would you say that some companies may say, well, instead of paying somebody, let's say $4,000 per month plus benefits, it's easier Mm -hmm. to let several items that cost $200 
and you know uh, uh, wholesale costs to walk out the door undetected. Right. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I mean, that would be a that would be part of your risk assessment. Mm-hmm. Will this risk if four if uh, four hundred two hundred dollar items walk out the door? Is that going to keep me from achieving my company's goals? And if the answer is no, you might want to accept that risk. Um, if the answer is yes, then you might want to put those procedures in place. But the one thing I have found is if you get your staff to document what they are doing on a daily basis, you can find really good internal controls in what they are currently doing. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to make it a big expensive implementation plan. I can see that. Yeah, I can, I can definitely yeah. definitely see that because, um, you know, as a former manager myself, I mean, I I wasn't dealing with, with um, you know you know theft of of merchandise or anything, but you know you can document where people spend how they spend their time and what's coming through your office, and you can detect yep. you know critical things that are missing based on uh, procedures that you have written to you know to manage workflow. So I definitely, yep. I definitely can understand what you're saying. So do you have any uh, closing comments on this section? And would you please give people your contact information? I'd be happy to. Um, I, I understand how internal control is the last thing any company wants to think about. But like I said, if you just go through the, through the pain points once and do it right, and then set up some ongoing monitoring of your control framework and you're good to go and you have a really solid organization to to achieve its goals and I am actually happy to do a free consultation with anybody who would like you can go to my website virtualcfonow.com to uh, fill out a form schedule a uh, discussion on my calendar or you can email me at info at cfonow.com excellent so i want to thank thank you carla sasser of k sasser cpa at virtualcfonow.com for being a guest on this third of the five podcast episodes that we are creating and if you want to be a podcast guest here on the 321 Biz Development Podcast, I can be reached at 833-321-3212 or 726-999-0999. Again, I want to thank Carla Sasser of K Sasser CPA for being a guest today on the 321 Biz Development Podcast. Make it a great day.